Our next guest, every Monday morning we look forward to this gentleman. He's brilliant. He's the editor of the National Review. You can see him on TV opining on various national issues all the time. Let's bring him in right now. Good morning to you, Rich Lowry. Hey, how's it going? Happy Monday. TGIM. <laughs> yeah, you like that, Rich Lowry. Hey, Rich, i got to tell you something. One of your better columns, uh, in my humble opinion, not that uh, I judge your columns, was that the latest one. The, the one, the Rich Lowry, it's, it's called A Civil, Civilizational Challenge. And it actually uh, it puts this whole thing into context, not only with Russia, but with China. And uh, we would appreciate it if you could uh, encapsulate what you wrote uh, to our audience right here, right now. Yeah, of course. Well, uh, thanks, Bernice. That, that does mean a lot coming from you. Um, so the, the Russia and China have this de facto alliance. They don't have all interests in common. I'm not sure whether they'll remain partners forever, but they both want to dethrone the United States as a leader of the world and end the preeminence of the West, which has you know, been a feature of uh, – the global order for about 300 or 400 years, and we need to uh, be up for this. We need to be confident in ourselves, and we need to meet the challenge, which is, is going to take years and perhaps decades. You know, Rich, it's a very confusing morning. I mean, we're smarter than most people, to be honest, specifically you and Bernard. But uh, I walked in, and I'm sitting in the newsroom having my cereal. This is circa 6 a.m., and the story that's on Fox News is Vladimir Putin announces get ready for, for a nuclear attack. Basically, I've got my nukes ready to go, and here I go. And they go to commercial, they come back, and the next story is in Belarus, they are set today to have talks to possibly end this yeah. conflict. We went from a nuclear war to ending the conflict in literally one commercial <laughs> break. <laughs> you want to tell me, which Lowry, what the hell is going on? So I, I assume Putin is, is blustering with the nuclear stuff, but apparently people are taking it a little more seriously than they would have in the past because there are reports that he's, uh, uh, you know, out of his mind, uh, potentially. I will say, you know, I don't think we're going to get nuked, but we're going to be involved in this intense geopolitical competition with two hostile powers that, ha- uh, that have nukes, you know, up the wazoo. So I do think it makes sense for people to think a little bit about if the worst happened, where would they go in their apartment building? Where would they go in their house? What would their source of food be? What, what water would they have? It's just, just something worth thinking about. Um, but I, I think the, the, the talks on, on the border aren't, aren't going to lead to anything. Uh, I think Putin is, is very determined. If you believe what's on Twitter at the moment, he's beginning to, to rocket one of the cities in the West. And eventually he's going to bludgeon Ukraine into submission or at least bludgeon his way into to Kiev and then try to set up a puppet government. But, I mean, what we've seen with this amazing resistance from the Ukrainians over the last week, there will be a guerrilla war. And there's every indication that the guerrillas will be supplied by the West and they'll be killing Russians and that Putin will have a very hard time uh, maintaining that puppet government. So th- th- this is a, this is going to be a serious conflict uh, for some time, and you know has the consequence of, of escalating in scary ways. Well, that does beg the question, Rich Lowry. Uh, you say that the Russians will ultimately be victorious, though it's going to be difficult for them. Now, of course, the, the Ukraine has uh, worldwide support. Uh, support here in the United States and even in uh, Russia, you have anti-war protests. So the, uh, the 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 more the morality is on the side of the Ukrainians. But are we giving them false hope? Should we be doing this 
prolonging, say, the misery and maybe uh, encouraging more death and destruction when we know that the Russians are going to be victorious? Or should we cut a deal now and, and, and cut the blood blood bloodletting is my question. I think we the, the the I think no I I think it's good that the Ukrainians have resisted um, so strenuously so far I think it's it's gotten the West more serious about these sanctions which are crashing the ruble uh, as, as we speak Putin is, is paying a price that he hadn't counted on but at the end of the day there's going to have to be an off ramp for Putin so I, I want him stopped I want him defeated I want him ultimately toppled but you 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 want to give him a, a way out here. And if, if he concludes it's too painful, he might look for that way out. So that's, that's what, what I would say. You know, the, right. arm the Ukrainians, ho- hope they hold Kiev, and try to give Putin a way out and, and hope he takes it. I'm going to get you involved in something, which, Lowry, that you don't want to get involved in. I could promise you that. But you have no choice. Because <laughs> you're on with Bernie and Sid. So, I'm at the airport on Saturday waiting for my daughter to get off a flight from England. And, 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 and you're in an argument over masks. Okay, Sid, I've heard the scenario before. You know, it's funny you say that because <laughs> I, I have said that before. No, here's where you got it right, Rich. There was an argument, but this time it wasn't over masks. <laughs> this time, Danielle, my wife, is reading a column how somebody's taking Tucker Carlson to task because Tucker in the past has said some nice things about Putin. He knows he's a bad guy, but his leadership ability, blah, blah, blah. So I say to Danielle, I go, listen, I kind of agree with Tucker. So she gets up. She walks away. She didn't talk to me with Larry for four hours on Saturday. (laughs) She was so disgusted with me, I swear to God. And I tried to explain to her at dinner. I said, there is nothing implied in the word leader that says it's good. You can be evil and still be an effective leader. Is that not true in Putin's case? Now you're involved me in your yes. marital dispute. Yes. Is Danielle listening? I'm on yes. Danielle's side. All right. Any dispute, I'm on Danielle's side. Um, I think Tucker, look, obviously he's a brilliant guy. He does really important work. I mean, he makes the news, just not comments on it. But I think he's been wrong about Putin. And it's true that Putin is savvy, although it looks like he may have made just a colossal misblunder on a blunder on this one. Um, but I, I, I think Putin, uh, sorry, Tucker's frame for looking at this is too favorable to Putin. Putin's threatened, you know, the, the, the West has pushed him into this, and, um, and we shouldn't care. You know, the Ukrainians are, um, uh, uh, Ukraine has a dictatorship as well. I, I, I think all that is, all that is wrong. And, um, you know, look, Tucker, he pushes back in conventional wisdom, you know, 100% of the time. And, and very often the conventional wisdom is wrong, and you need someone brave enough to say it's wrong. But sometimes it's right, and I, I think you know it is right that Putin is a cold-blooded killer who's thoroughly in the wrong here. Okay, uh, Rich Lowry from the National Review on the Bernie and Sid Show. Uh, Rich, t- to uh, Sid's point, uh, a feckless leader is uh, Joe Biden. It, 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 right here in this crisis, uh, two things. One, uh, the ruble uh, crashed this morning, and that's because the uh, they, they finally took Russia out of this SWIFT program, this uh, you know this banking program. So, which they could have done prior to the invasion, maybe that would have acted as a deterrent because the Russians now, they find their money is worth less than half of what it was last week. So that could have acted as a deterrent. That's a blunder number one. Blunder number two, of course, is uh, not uncanceling the Keystone Pipeline and allowing us to drill and pump our own oil Taking away the leverage that we uh, that Putin has over Europe and us, and also uh, enabling us to stop 
importing almost 600,000 barrels of oil from him, effectively financing the invasion. Yeah, it's crazy. So on on SWIFT, I think it's so momentous. There is just no way to get anyone to do it before actually Putin went in and and just demonstrated uh, what a thug he is. But oil and gas, it's just perverse. It's just perverse. We, we have this wealth under our feet. All we have to do is, do is dig it out and pump it uh, to our own people and ship it around the world. And we're not doing it. And they, you know, the, the Democrats have been pretty much explicit at other times that they want to make oil and gas more expensive here to uh, hasten our way into the green energy future. And now that, you know, gas is $4 a barrel, $4 a gallon, whatever, they're like, no, we don't. You know, we, we want it to be cheaper. and We need OPEC, including Russia, to pump more. It's crazy. Really? And Europe's done the same thing, even worse, made themselves uh, completely dependent on Russian oil and gas. So one lesson of this is, is energy matters and oil and gas matter. They will for decades. We got a ton of it. Let's make every use of it possible. So at CPAC this weekend, Donald Trump spoke, and we played a couple of his cuts this morning. We've got more to play coming up next hour, Rich. But they did do a poll about the prospective Republicans running for president in 2024. We need to stop the Ron DeSantis stuff. I love Ron. So does Bernie. He's a great governor. He may be a good president one day. He would not be competitive if he ran against Donald Trump. And the poll dictated that. Trump 31 points higher than DeSantis. Everybody else well behind. Trump almost at 60%. So with all that said, is there really any doubt, any doubt at this point that Donald Trump will, in fact, run for president once again in 2024? I think there is doubt. I I think he absolutely uh, um, is saying he's going to do it and telling people he's going to do it and said this weekend he's going to do it. But I don't think he'll ultimately make the decision and, and, you know, for another year or two. Well, but, but last listen, moment, why, why, why wouldn't he do it again? It didn't end the way he wanted it to. He feel like he got jobbed. It got rigged. They stole it from him. Uh, he had a pretty good presidency for three and a half years. Why wouldn't he do it again? I think the, the main reason would be fear of losing. Well, I, I just don't think he could, could uh, he, he'd handle that. Um, could handle that. But, you know, with Biden at 37 percent in the last Washington Post ABC poll, that might not be much of a, a deterrent now. Um, his obsession with looking back at 2020, I think that's very counterproductive. I have to admit that much as I like Trump, I think that that hurts him, actually. Yeah, and it's just it's not hard. Just hammer Biden every day. That's right. all you need to do. I mean, it's Bingo. plenty of material, and it would all be true. Yeah, but the problem so. is the Biden's numbers don't matter because we know that Joe Biden is not going to run again. There's no way in a million oh, years. True. So, yeah, so throw his numbers out, Rich, and then you tell me, Pete Buttigieg, Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton, yep. what's his fear? Yeah, well, that's true. That's true, Kamala Harris. I mean, if you had to choose between Hillary running and Kamala Harris running and you're a Democrat, who would you pick? Hillary. I mean, <laughs> Hillary. Hillary? Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, she almost beat him last it's time. Amazing. She, she did win the, you know, the popular it's vote. It's amazing to think that. You somebody, guys said it. I didn't. You guys so, said it out loud. I didn't. Somebody, okay, sh- the record. <laughs> somebody shoot me if that happens. Uh, yeah, by the way, Rich Lowry wrote also about Trump calling uh, Putin savvy. He did at the CPAC uh, convention. He did call the Russian invasion of Ukraine an atrocity, an outrage, appalling, a travesty, a war on humanity. And he once told Putin to his face, according to reports, that if you invade Ukraine, I'll bomb Moscow. So he's not. Yeah, uh, that's 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 one thing. I've gotten in trouble with on, on Twitter with everyone on the center left because I said prior to the invasion that I, I don't think Putin would have done it on Trump's watch. And certainly there's no way. Vladimir Putin would be threatening to nuke, implicitly threatening to nuke the United States if Donald Trump were president. It just wouldn't happen. No.
Couldn't agree more. So that brings us back to last Thursday. Bill O'Reilly was on the show. And I literally got into a war of words with Bill O'Reilly, which I'm never going to win. But I think I won last Thursday because he admitted that if Donald Trump was president, this wouldn't be happening. Yet, yet, he refused to blame Joe Biden. My question to you is, how can it be both? Well, I I think... um we need to be a little hesitant about just because you know so and so is president. Um, this this um, this leads Putin to to do something. I mean, this is a long term goal. So I think there are limits to what Biden could do to stop it. But the fact that we pulled out in of Afghanistan in such humiliating fashion and that no one takes ser- Biden seriously uh, or fears him made it more likely. I would say I don't think it caused it affirmatively, but it made it more. Oh, likely. Hold on, hold on. If Donald Trump was still president, would he have done this last week? I think would have made it less likely. I can't say with certainty it wouldn't have happened, okay. but I think would have made it less likely. So, Rich Lowry, uh, just digressing from the... Uh... Those are great questions, though, Sid. Oh, that, I yeah, that, yeah. there for a second. <laughs> You're not going to get that one, Chuck Todd. <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. That's it, that's right. Uh, listen, again, uh, you saw fit, and again, this uh, reflects on uh, November coming up, the election. You saw fit to write about Black Lives Matter being a moral, political, and policy disaster. It's an albatross around these uh, these uh, short-sighted Democrats' neck. Uh, so tell us about that column because um, I'm interested in it. Well, you have these these states, and not Republican states like California. I think maybe Oregon just ordering Black Lives Matter to stop fundraising in in their states because there, there's no accounting for where this ninety million dollars they raised in 2020 has gone or who ha- who's responsible for it. So I mean, they came up with the the defund the, the police slogan, which has been a debacle. They uh, have been allied with these progressive DAs who have enabled these horrific crime waves in major U.S cities and they're corrupt so i mean what is there what is there to celebrate or to support and you know i think democrats clearly they're losing on cultural issues and to kind of regain ground they need to do something dramatic that shows that that they're not with the crazy left-wingers and denouncing black lives matter would be a great way to do it of course they'll that'll never happen no but it would make an impression no doubt. i will win i will win the naacp image award before that happens <laughs> that could still happen burn that's not out of the question hey uh, rich as always this was not a good appearance it was amazing you're so good monday mornings we love you thank you so much have yourself hey, thanks, a great folks. week buddy have a great week God bless all right America. take care there he is editor of the national review political nbc all that good stuff what a great guest rich lowry